This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's talk a little bit the latest on Saudi Arabia, because how do you deal with a problem like Saudi Arabia, or do we? This diplomatic temper tantrum uh, that erupted last week has, you know, continually escalated, and the kingdom's made it very clear Canada made a mistake and will now pay for that mistake. But what was the mistake? A tweet? Are you that thin-skinned? Like, what are we paying for? If, if a tweet is all it takes for the Saudis to get uh, bent out of shape, then they need some sunscreen for that thin skin. But a lot of people say that this comes down to the newly minted Saudi crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, who has been recognized, you know, all over the world for his progressive ways. I mean, hey, he lets women drive now. He's very progressive. You know, in 2018, women in Saudi can drive. Wow. Nonetheless, he doesn't want their dirty laundry aired all over the world. So they're using this moment to make an example out of Canada. So what do we do? Anthony Fury joins us. He is a columnist editor over at Sun Post Media, and he writes about this very topic. Hello there. Hey, Alex. What should we do about Saudi Arabia? I mean, you know my stance on it. I say, you know, cancel the oil deals. We'll do it ourselves and, and you know, stand up to them. But what, what really do you think is going on here? Well, I think what's going on here is that they are using us. They have seen an opportunity to perhaps do something that they've been wanting to do for, for a short while now with a country like Canada and that we're not the U.S., we're certainly not China or Russia. We don't matter a huge deal to them, but we still have some relationship with them, billions of dollars worth of deals, so that they can have this kind of snit and make a big show out of it. Mm. And I think so they can send a message to other people that you better not do anything like this. And mm. then to your opening point, Alex, well, what the hell was this anyway? And whatever one thinks about these darn tweets and whether it was the right time or this and that, it's kind of akin to the fact, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, out walking down the street and someone bumps shoulders at you. I mean, if, if you wanted to, you could, you know, kill them or something like that or go completely nuts. But probably the proper thing to do is go, oh, oh, sorry, didn't mean to do that. Anyway, moving on. It's something that you should probably just maybe go, yeah, I made a mistake. Moving on. They are choosing. They are choosing to have a disproportionate response to this. I think they're really enjoying this. Yeah, I mean, they have been kind of pushing up and, and pushing back, you know, against Bahrain. They've been seen to be bullying uh, Qatar. They were part of the, a very barbaric bomb campaign in Yemen. Um, you know, they're they're accused of sponsoring terror in Syria. So well, and those are good reasons when they say, oh, you can't interfere in our affairs. That's not how international relations work. Those are great examples mm -hmm. that we can turn around and be like, yeah, that's BS, guys, because you obviously don't think that yourselves. Right. And so then, but, but going after Canada, like, like they may as well kick a puppy. Like, what are they going to get out of this? Ooh, we push Canada around? Yeah, well, you know, as I write in my column, this kind of reminds me of 1989 when Saudi Arabia and Iran decided we're going to target Salman Rushdie and we're mm. going to go after him and we're going to encourage people to bomb his publishers and we're going to call for all the yeah. books to be pulled. 
I see this as them seeking submission from Western countries and saying, I know you guys think it's okay to do this kind of stuff. We're setting new rules. We're rewriting the rules and you're going to follow them. And Alex, we just can't stand for it. I, I don't care how imperfect, to put it mildly, Justin Trudeau's global perspective has been and his foreign policy more broadly. You know, I'm a yeah. very severe critic of all of that. This is not the time for that. Those are side issues. Right now, we've got exporters of Wahhabi extremism, yeah. people who had the vast majority of the 9-11 plotters were from Saudi Arabia and people in the Saudi government had some communication with them. I don't care about Trudeau screw-ups right now. I care about Saudi Arabia trying to bully us, and it does not smell well. No, it doesn't. So what does Trudeau do? I mean, look, it could very well be that they screwed up with a tweet. I don't know what happened behind those office doors. I'm sure in time we will find out. Uh, But nonetheless, what does Mr. Trudeau do at this point? Because, you know, my thinking is, fine, push back. Cut their oil off. We have no reason to buy Saudi oil. We don't need a Saudi oil. What we need is Energy East to get our oil coast to coast. You want to play this game? We'll put fuel on your fire. Keep your oil. Yeah, they import something like 80,000 barrels of oil per day. And that sounds like a lot at first. And then you realize, wait a second, we export from Canada to the U.S. over 3 million barrels of oil per day. It's not that much. We can easily supplant it. But symbolically... it, that's it's yeah. not that easy because we of course don't have things like energy so you make a fantastic point and we want to be more energy independent to the sort of here and now what we should do in the, the immediate days and the immediate weeks is maybe what the liberals have already done which is that okay our diplomats back channel to their diplomats and we acknowledge that the minor fault and i think the minor fault was that the tweet did not say we condemn what you've recently done which is what the conservatives under Stephen Harper did to Saudi Arabia. But we said, we call for you to immediately release these prisoners, Mm -hmm. which is kind of you trying to tell them what their judicial system should do. So I appreciate that there's a minor faux pas in that. So you back channel and you say, sorry, you know, we screwed up on this. You know how these things are. We're always doing these UN type statements against each other. We shouldn't have done that one. Anyway, we'll buy the beers next time, boys. Don't worry about it. We're all good now. That's not what they want. They want a public show of Justin Trudeau kissing their ring and submitting to them. That's off the table. Well, it should be off the table. I mean, you'll recall when President Obama uh, even bowed to to the Saudi princes or the officials. I mean, that he, he was ribbed and, and, and relentlessly critiqued over even doing just that. So right, if so all so. of a sudden our prime minister uh, issues some kind of, of um, apology, which, you know, will be then it'll become propaganda for the, the kingdom. Um, you know, I, it will be outrageous. Well, and I think there's a lot to be said for the world's feminist in chief. And I know the Kokanee Grope has rather changed how a lot of people view on that. But let's just still assume his reputation as top male feminist in the world is intact. You have this prominent male feminist yep. going to Saudi Arabia and basically apologizing yeah. to this very misogynistic regime because his female foreign minister dared suggest that a women's rights activist shouldn't be in jail. Look at the optics of that, and you're right. Their PR people will dine out on that for decades. Yeah. And so today I thought it was interesting because Jugmeet Singh, um, you know, was on, uh, I guess, a, a political show. And he, he said, uh, this is a good time and, a, and it's time that we have the conversation about getting our oil for someone else, to which I immediately tweeted, I agree with you, Mr. Singh. We don't need it from someone else because we've got it here. He probably 
probably meant Venezuela. Exactly, <laughs> which is <laughs> which. So I actually haven't heard the clip you're talking about. But Although he said it, and I thought, yeah, and, and I'm like with you. I'm like, of course he means Venezuela, but no, Mister, we got it right here. Why would we, as Canadians who you know believe in the Canadian value, believe in, in these human rights? Why would we then not take this opportunity to start you know developing our own oil? We don't need to use all this dirty conflict blood oil. It, you know, it's funny. One of the most teachable moments that comes up in everything we talk about in Canadian politics is the environmental yeah. alarmists, the sort of climate extremists are really boneheaded and use, not useful for really anything in this country, whether it's pointing out that the carbon tax is a scam, pointing out we shouldn't be in the Paris deal, or pointing out how to deal with Saudi Arabia. It shows that they really, uh, I think, have very little to add to the public square. We really need to ignore all those Elizabeth May people getting themselves uh, locked up over this. Well, we, we, we should. Um, that we haven't is, is beyond me. But I think, you know, here's this opportunity all of a sudden, as a lot of people even on the left are saying, well, screw you, Saudi Arabia. OK, perfect. That's what we're going to do. But you can do it very easily by by supporting what's in our own backyard, um, you know, because they don't protest those Saudi tankers coming in across Canadian waters. They don't protest any of those people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to see what we really stand to lose in the total severing of the Saudi relationship and say, oh, their students have been pulled. Well, hold on a second. So they're filling residency spots here in Canadian yep. universities, and I get that they're paying for it. But is there not a problem that the one of the world's leading exporters of militant Sunni extremism is paying for students to come mm-hmm. and, and, and do operations in our own infrastructure? So, okay, good riddance, as my friend Tarek Fatah said to that whole angle. We're selling the light-armored vehicles. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if, if you're making weaponry, you're going to be selling them to everyone. I get that. But it's, a, it's something that we're conflicted on in this country. So who really cares? I, I mean, if, you know, I feel for the employment factors, of course. But if that deal goes awry, then, you know, whatever. What's really at stake here? And Saudi Arabia clearly doesn't care about us. That's why they're using us as an example. So if we do kind of shutter relations here, like we have done with Iran, I, I, I really don't see what the longstanding negative consequences of that are going to be. Yeah, I mean, look, the Saudis will never push against the United States. They can do it to Canada, um, but they would never dare try this kind of behavior with the United States. And um, I guess we'll wait and find out what's happening. But it sure will be interesting to see where this goes. It will certainly be uh, interesting. But I think Trudeau has more to gain here than he has to lose if, in fact, he surprises them by showing some backbone. Yeah, I think you're completely right. We'll see. Anthony, thank you. Take care, Alex. Have a good one. That is Anthony Fury. You can read his column, which is out, and uh, he goes into detail on what he believes is at play here. It's a good read. Uh, You can read that in the Toronto Sun. On point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.